1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
0: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?
1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
2: It's time for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Bringing you all things Louisville and everything in between.
3: We've got a Louisville legend, the greatest player to ever play for the University of Louisville, Mr. Daryl Griffith, Senior. Griff, how's it going, sir?
2: Good, man. We
3: got a special guest in the building today. He is Mr. Peyton Siva. Siva, how's it going, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me today. We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father Travis Flowers. How
2: are you doing, gentlemen? I'm yeah. doing amazing. With the passion for sports meets the airwaves.
3: We've got a lot to discuss. Maybe the five coaches in the ACC better than Jeff Brown. That is why you brought in KB. And so, when you only win four games, it's going to be
2: interesting to see how all of this plays out. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr.
3: Ah! Yes, yes, yes. We are here once again on a lovely, oh, let me not say lovely. It's very brittle, very cold out there this Saturday morning. Yes, you're listening to Victory Formation with Jeff Lightsey Jr. James Black in the booth. Thank you, thank you, thank you all, as we say each and every Saturday for tuning in to us, even when we are off kilter. I have a different type of schedule. You can get in here. 8150 939 is the call in number. 8150 939 is the call in number. 3831 939 is the text line. 3831 939 is the text line. We've got special guests that'll be calling in to join us. Dominique Yates, my good friend from WKU, from WBKO, and now of WLKY, will be joining us. Also, someone who's never been heard over these airways, Miss Alexis Cubitt of the Courier Journal. She covers Louisville women's basketball and the football team. Coach Jeff Brown and those guys over there. She'll be joining us at the 10 o'clock hour. But before we get to all of that, see, every time I come to talk to you guys, it feels like it's been so long. See, last time we came on here, we were feeling good, right? Woo! We had our basketball team. They were, I ain't gonna say they were playing good. They playing right. You know what I mean? They was playing right, but they had this NC State game. You know, we were trying to make it two wins in a row. We were trying to go in there and beat NC State, then followed it up because, we know, we had a tough task on the road in Chapel Hill. And it feels like a lifetime of things have happened since then, right? Right. Since then, now they lost to NC State, but I guess it was a decent showing. I guess, you know, well, you're not losing by 20 points or so. It's a decent showing. So, I'll, you know, I'll give it up for that. It was a decent showing. You made a valiant effort at the end. You had a, you know, decent post-game press conference. You started off 0-12 in that game. And maybe if you don't do that, maybe if you stop double-teaming the big guy out at the three-point line, you have a better chance of actually winning that game. But nonetheless... You had a decent showing you're looking like a cohesive basketball team you're looking like something you can piece some things together and really make some things happen moving forward and all of that is okay so then you move on to north carolina this is the number four team in the country you're you're a 23 point dog on the road in chapel hill and you start off slow again and you ha- you're down 17 points at halftime and it looks like north Carolina's going to cover but you make another valiant effort you fight back you crawl within six and then north carolina it's like i said okay And they got a little tap on the butt, and they said, it's time to wake up. It's time to play. But see, none of that was an issue. See, none of that was a problem. The problems came after the game. See, the issues that I had came after what I just said, those decent showings. The issues came after what we thought. We had something to brag about. We, what we thought we had. To, I ain't gonna necessarily say brag about because you lose by 16 points. I'm never gonna act like we're, we're not gonna change the standard here at Louisville. No matter, despite what anybody else thinks, we're not gonna change the standard of Louisville basketball. But nonetheless, after the game, it's is when my heart sunk. Is when ugh, I, I feel like I took another stab, not to the back, to the eyeball. <laughs> it's like I'm getting stabbed in the eye. I can't even say I'm stabbed in the heart because that, that'd, that'd be, you know, too. Too cliche. I'm actually getting stabbed in the eyeball by a dull butter knife. You know, something that just is very, very painful and it's just being grabbed, just graved into my eyeball by what was that. So if you haven't heard, this is year one of the Kenny Payne era. If you haven't heard. I think it's what we all kind of discovered this week. This is actually year one and not year two. You know, even though the 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 calendar tells us it's year two, and even though he was hired in March of twenty two, which would make it year two, this is actually got year paid one. last year. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got paid like it was year one. This is actually or year you know last year like it was year one, and they're getting paid this year like it's year two. This is actually year one. If you don't believe me, you know, <laughs> let's 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 take a listen to what. Coach Kenny Payne had to say when asked about, you know, his team in comparison to Hubert Davis and North Carolina and you know, what he was in, able to inherit. These, I'm sure you've heard it, but let's just go ahead and hear it again, James.
2: there are certainly some parallels with you and Hubert
0: both taking over at your alma mater's um, and not having previous head coaching experience. I'm not asking this as in campaign for your job, but how, how long is enough time for a coach to kind of establish what you want to establish?
2: Well, I didn't inherit. The same thing he inherited. Um, that's first CEO you know what I inherited was a broken something and my job is to clean it up and to answer your question, I don't really know exactly but to me this is to me in my in my world inheriting what I inherited this is really your one for me because this is the first time I get to bring my players in and, and start the process of rebuilding a program. Um, but that's just to me. Other people may see that differently. I don't know. But that's how I feel about it. I wish I inherited something similar to what Hubert inherited because I think he started out slow, but as the year went on, had a great year
3: okay so there's there's so much to impact there like there's the, even from the question it you can even unpack it from the beginning because with cl brown shout out to cl brown of the courier journal what he asked kenny even the way he worded it you could tell he was really really treading on thin ice because even in cl's question he said not to call for your job right but see you don't even have to say that because one we know you're not calling for his job and two even if you were you're justified Like, not to say, now I'm not trying to, you know, throw CL under the bus or give him any any trouble. But even if he were, he is justified at this point. Any coach in any profession, through a year and a half, almost two years, where you play over 30 games a year and you only have 10 wins, it's it's okay for media folks to be calling for your job. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying that's something that I'm currently doing. (coughs) But I'm just saying that it's okay. But you could tell C.L. was trying this thing the best he could. He was trying to ease this question in while still getting a legit answer. And boy, did he get an answer. He got a better answer than he could have ever imagined, right? Because that is not. I'm sure C.L. Brown has been doing this for a very, very long time. We were reading articles of C.L. Brown in the early days of Rick Pitino. He's been doing this thing for a while. And I am sure that he has never heard a coach say that year two was actually year one. Because I've been doing it for, I'm, I'm I'm young, but I've been doing it for 11 years. I ain't never, ever, ever, at any level, I ain't never heard a damn high school coach say that year two was year one. I ain't never heard a Pee my coach J.Y. at the Fly J. Rams ain't never said year two was year one. <laughs> I just have never heard that, ever. Ever. That's the that was the first. And it's very rare for any most people in media to hear something for the first time. Like, especially at big boy college sports, right? Like we're talking big boy, like where folks are getting paid millions of dollars. These 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 folks get paid a lot of money. A lot of money. So this is high level college athletics. Uh big boy money, big boy aspirations. So th- that that was the first. That was the first. But that was laughable. (laughs) I'm going to just be honest. Like, we've had a lot of Kenny Payne, like, laughable moments when it comes to the podium. That may be number one. I think, James, I think that one takes the cake. There's a lot of them. It's up there. I I think that one takes the cake, man, because I I be hearing a lot of stuff that I, you know, roster like that when admiring Kentucky, uh, talking about what he inherited, because that's the thing. CL never asked him about what he inherited right CL never asked him about what he inherited and he continues and see what what I can't let people do because the further away we get from what actually took place before Kenny Payne come, gets here the, the more people may forget but see what I think actually what they're doing is they're actually remembering more they're like damn are we that bad when he took it over and then you start thinking you are like hold on No, Kenny Payne took over a team that I thought, at the time, when that happened, that season, Mike Pagese, when they lost 12 of their last 15 games, I was like, this is the worst Louisville team I've ever seen. And they won 13 games in one season, James. Right, 13 and 18. 13 games in one season. We're damn near through year two, or year one or two, year one and a half, I don't know. We're (laughs) damn near through one of these years. And we had 10 wins. So... If you call 13 and 18 broken, what is this? Like, in all honesty, what is this? So I'd never heard that before in my life. And here's the thing. Saying stuff like that doesn't get you sympathy. It hurts more than it helps. Let me repeat. Saying those things hurt more than they help. You're not gaining more fans by saying that you're getting more people jumping off the boat. I ain't calling it a bandwagon. No, it ain't no bandwagon. It's it's a it's a life preserver. And and guess what? they rather jump in that water than be on that life preserver with you and whoever else is on there. I mean, it's like, oh, sh- folks are saying this is year two and year one. I, I know we've been out here bail, bailing water, but now I'm confused. Is it year two? Is it year one? In 2022 was, was, was it, was it a year ago? Was it six months ago? Was it a year? I don't know, but it's confusing it's 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 kind of crazy when when you're confused by when your head coach talks i don't know maybe sometimes i get confused when when uh, uh my, the players talk sometimes uh sometimes i get confused when i'm listening to a, a child talk sometimes i get confused you know listening to to uh, rap music you know sometimes i get confused doing a lot of things shouldn't be getting confused when my head basketball coach speaks specifically when he's speaking or supposed to be speaking about basketball so So that happened, and that that took up a whole news day. It took up a couple of news days, probably. But then what, (laughs) I can't have this, because I was laughing. But then what takes up even more of that news day, of that news cycle, is that for something that most of us, I say most because I can't speak for everybody, but most of us, I give it a good 98.5% of us, have never heard before, most of the time like I said people are bailing out when they hear that thing you don't typically get co-signers like you, you don't typically get people that like yeah you know that actually makes some sense and even if you do get you know you get a couple of those people I saw a couple of those people under the post when it was originally made but you don't typically get veteran Hall of Fame reporters actually co-signing this so Rick Bozich shout out to Rick Bozich' he's a nice man WDRB Zone. Rick Bozich went on his, I think it's WDRB overtime. I want to give it the proper accreditation. WDRB overtime. They have like their streaming thing, their streaming sports service. Him and Eric Crawford. Eric Crawford wrote a detailed piece, actually, which, which like essentially took the opposite of this. But Rick Bozich had an interesting cosine of what Kenny Payne had to say. James was here. You have to keep in context what he said. CL, uh, who's a friend of ours, framed the question in terms of comparison to Hubert Davis. It's
2: not really a very uh, reasonable comparison. Hubert uh, Hubert Davis was on the staff at North Carolina before he took over with Roy Williams. He took over a team that had Caleb Love, a McDonald's All-American, R.J. Davis, a four- or five-star recruit who's now probably the best player in the ACC, Armando Baycott. Kenny Payne didn't have guys like that. He had a lot of guys who he eventually ran off and
3: started over. So, I'm probably in the minority. I'm sure I am. But I agree with him. This really is year one for him. Last year, he worked with a lot of guys that that weren't really going to be part of his plan
2: and aren't there anymore.
3: So, you see Rick trying to give himself a soft landing. I'm sure I'm in the minority. You're damn right you're in the minority, Rick. (laughs) You're you're damn right you're in the minority. Because when there's something that absolutely the entire sports world has never heard before, like ever, like, like something that if a high school coach, if a little league coach said, Folks would be calling for their job. Yeah, you're in the minority when that's said, especially when a man gets paid $3.5 million per year. And, oh, yeah, he got that $3.5 million in year one. You know, the real year one. He, he didn't start collecting checks this year. He started collecting checks last year. And trust me, U L was still getting paid by the fans that were going that sat through four and 28. There were 32 games of the real year one that took place. See, here's the thing about what what is – unfortunate for someone like rick bozich right because rick bozich you know he he's a he's a journalist right like he covers games and he goes to games and he talks to players he talks to coaches see the problem with what he just did right the problem with what he just did going out there and co-signing that garbage i'm just i'm just sorry i gotta call it what it is that's garbage to say that now kenny made it specific what i i will give kenny credit this because he he made this uniquely his own he said to me he didn't ask for no co-signer. He, he didn't ask for no. he just said to me this is year one we know it's not year one we lived through the real year one this is year two and if this was year one and you were six and eleven there may not be people calling for your job but in the real year one you went four and 28 and this is year two the whole he didn't have his players that's bs because he got hired in march we'll go through that later but see the problem with rick See, the problem with Rick Bozich co-signing a a garbage statement is you lose credibility. You lose credibility. Like Rick Bozich is a Hall of Fame reporter. Like, I don't know which Hall of Fame he's in, but I know he's in a Hall of Fame. He's been doing this for a very, very long time. And is this what you're willing to lose your credibility on? See, the thing about credibility is just like trust, right? Because essentially credibility is trust. It takes you a long, long, long time to build it, whether it's with your audience, whether it's with your fan base, whether it's with your family, your loved ones, your woman, your man, your, your kids, whoever. It takes a while to build. But in an instant, you can lose it. In an instant, you can lose it. Now, I always saw Rick Bosich as a credible, and that's not to say that I won't. But i can't speak for everybody else because i posted that clip of rick talking about i think it is your one it's done a hundred thousand views on the x aka twitter and a lot of those comments aren't too flattering they aren't too flattering because once again credibility is something that you can have you can take forever and ever and ever to build up and really feel like, yes, I am a credible source. I am a respected person in the media. I'm a respected person in this game, X, Y, Z, blah, Z, blah, whatever. And in an instance, what a, what a, what a, essentially with a garbage statement, it's a garbage statement, Rick. I'm just saying I call it what it. it's garbage. Act like year two is year one, even though year one happened, but year two still stinks. Whatever, because you got to think they're six and eleven in year two, right? Like it's not like this year two, aka year one, is like abundantly better. Like, like it's it's actually still stinks. <laughs> like, like we're celebrating covering spreads when spreads are all time highs, and we're going to talk about these spreads, by the way, these underdog numbers because they're just they're just incredible. They're just. Absurd, by the way. Oh, and you can text in here. We got a text uh thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine is the text line. Thirty eight thirty one ninety-three nine is the text line. It says texter, that's what bothers me. He is so much of a cheerleader, I cannot take any things he says seriously anymore. See, and that's the problem. See, I'm not see first of all let me let me put this out there i've never been a fan of the whole kb mafia all that's lame Uh, i don't you anybody can feel offended whoever they calling folks kp mafia whatever just because they support their coach i'm not saying they're right and some of them are blind supporters but it is what it is i'm not gonna call them a name just because they you know that's lame to me it is what it is you support your coach i'm never gonna knock you for supporting your coach i might say you might be a little bit delusional but a lot of y'all coming to the light you know we just gotta call it what it is they're playing better and i'm not gonna knock team and i'm a louisville fan i'm never gonna root for my team to lose but to call folks names and, and labels mafia and uh, all that goofy stuff that's goofy to me regardless i'm not also going to lose my credibility behind a guy and the coaching staff that just ain't getting a job done 10 wins through a year and a half 10 wins in almost two calendar years ain't getting a job done in any sport there's no sport where you can win ten games in two years and act, and people act like that's acceptable. In football, they play twelve games a year, and if a coach had two, 10 wins in two years, you'd be calling for him to get fired. Let's call it what it is. The, what we thought was the bottom of the bottom of Louisville basketball. They went thirteen and eighteen. That's the that's the brokenness that was a quote unquote taken over. The brokenness was thirteen and eighteen. So what the hell was four and twenty eight? What is six and eleven? So that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to lose my credibility for taking up for that. I wouldn't risk my credibility. What takes years and years and time and tweets and takes and and, and trust and brand trustworthy to build up and lose it over saying something like that, saying that year two is year one. That's goofy. (laughs) Like I'm sorry. That is goofy. 3831-939 is the text and number. Good morning to you. Appreciate the love for the show. Texter. Also, good morning. Love the show. Thank you so much. 3831-939 is the text line. So, yeah. So I, I it doesn't matter what Coach Kenny Payne says. It doesn't matter. And he, and once again, to, to Kenny at it, I will continue to say this because I don't think enough people pointed this out. He said to him. That don't make it no, but that don't make it that much better. But he said, "I understand to it's to me." He said to me, he made that specific. He didn't say he. Once again, he didn't ask for backup. He didn't ask for a cosigner. He didn't ask for backup. He didn't. He didn't say y'all should agree with me. He just said, what he th- felt." You know, whether it's a little, little, little naive, whether it was bad reading of the room, whether it was another gaffe. It was all of that. Now, the thing that also continues to bother me, because one. The the painting of the situation that was Louisville, the further away we get from. See, the thing is, what Kenny, I think, is messing up at is that he continues to try to paint the years before he got here or the program before he got here as the boogeyman. Ooh, this big boogeyman, oh man, it was like, it was like it, you know, crawling in the shadows, and it was just this killer clown that was just gonna kill the this University of Louisville program. Ah, oh, the boogeyman, Oh It's like, oh no, Kenny, no, we were here. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the boogeyman. I ain't gonna say it was great. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say it was great, but, uh, you know, it's actually not nicer, nicer than this. <laughs> like, like, like if you were here to fix the broken, it's like somebody handing you an iPhone with a crack. You know, everybody done crack their screen, but it's just like one of them little baby cracks over on the corner. Right. And it's like, look, this is not a new phone. It got it. It got a case on it, but it got a little crack on the screen. You know what I'm saying? It's a hand me down. Somebody hand you something that's hand me down. Right. And it's like, OK, you know, that's not great. But it's a hand-me-down, what you expect? And then, but they're supposed to fix it. It's like, look, I'm handing you this hand-me-down phone. It's been through it, been through it a little bit, but it still works. It's still got a lot of potential, whole lot of potential. She got thing. Kenny Payne took over in 2022. We're talking about, we're just hitting our stride, not us, but the NCAA is hitting its stride in the transfer portal. It's just hitting its stride in the NIL. The 502 circle is really just being formulated. It's It's like a baby at this point right and we see what type of work it's putting in and then you come back so i handed that to you in march of 2022 i'm looking at it in january in 2024 the screen is completely shattered i can't even look at it i can't make a call i'm scratching my fingers getting pricked every time it swipes across the screen i can't look and see who's calling me is it is oh it might be rick bosich i don't know i don't know somebody calling me i have no idea i can't see anything And it's like damn dog what happened Like, this is not the phone that I handed you. Oh, but you handed me the, yeah, you did, man. I took over this phone, it was broken. No, it had a little baby scratch. Had a little baby scratch. And now the screen is completely shattered. It don't, where the case at? What happened to the case? I can't take any pictures. But the the camera's broken. No, no, man, it was broken. No, it wasn't this. In hell, it's worse than what I gave it to you in. See, that's the problem. We actually lived. During the time that the program was quote unquote broken. We actually were here during the time when the program was quote unquote broken. And it was a lot better than this. The program is now broken. See, see, that's the thing. If there is going to be a change at the end of the year, whoever takes that over is taking over something that's broken. Now, it's a Ferrari that's broken. Like it's a damn good bro. You know, it's a broken that shoot a lot of people would take. And all it needs is a couple couple tire changes, a tune-up, you know what I'm saying, a paint job, you know what I'm saying, get the windows tinted. You know, it'd be good to go. I mean, it's literally a Ferrari, you know. but But this is what broken looks like. 10 wins in two years is what broken looks like. Not 13 wins. Not the year before. You know, really being on the cusp of being in the NCAA tournament, not the year before on the cusp of being the number one seed. Not the year before, you know, beating teams like Michigan and Duke and and, and Michigan State at home on the road. Not not those. Can you know what I'm saying? Not yeah, UK. Yeah, see, that 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 ain't broken. That, I don't care what you tell me. I, I was here. I lived it. And I thought. And see, here's the thing. Because 13 and 18 was so abnormal at the time, you know, some people might have agreed with you. am like, yeah, you're right. 13 and 18, shoot, that ain't good enough. That might be broken. That might be broken. Because we ain't never seen that before. 13 and 18, a lot of us ain't seen that in a very long time. You know what I'm saying? We had only had, what, two losing seasons the previous 25 years? So yeah, 13 and 18, that was new to us. So it's like, yeah, you might be right. That might be broken. Oh, but then we saw 4 and 28. It was a Whoa. I didn't think that was possible. Like, I, I didn't think that was – I didn't think five people put on the Louisville jersey just gave them enough powers to win more than four games. I just thought they just got the the, the spirit of the ancestors. The spirit of Daryl Griffith came through them and just, like, it was going to make them win at least 12 games. You know what I'm saying? Like, the spirit of, of Purvis Ellison, Daryl Griffith, Donovan Mitchell – Quentin Snyder, uh, uh, Gorgie Jane, Peyton Ryan. Right? I just thought the spirit of them, uh, the the the, uh, the rupture of the Yum Center would get you fifteen wins. You know what I'm saying? Like I just like ain't no way four wins was acceptable. Le- Lenore Ryan? I, can, I I can't even spell Lenore. I can barely say it right. Kentucky Wesley, and I barely know where that's at. And that's in Owensboro. See, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like that. <laughs> that is broken. That is broken. All right, James, we gotta take a break. We gotta take a break. We got some more talk. We gotta talk some more basketball because there was some things that happened before the whole, the whole year one, year two debacle that happened actually earlier this week. And then later in the show, Dominique Yates W. Okay, and Alexis Cubit of the Courier Journal will be joining us. You're listening to Victory Formation right here on ninety the Deville.
1: When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system.
2: Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
3: This is Jeff Houston, and you're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show
4: right here on 93.9 DeVille.
2: Listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 939 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502 8150 939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Ah, oh, yeah, it's never a bad day when you hear the sweet sounds. Of
3: Mr. O'Shea Jackson, Sr., a.k.a. Ice Cube. 8150. 939 is the text in number. 8150. And 939 is the text in number. Oh, no, it's the call-in. My bad. And 31 3831. 939 is the text in line. 8150. 939 is the call-in number. Now, we've got so much, so much more to do before we get our guest on. Um, I was saying, like I said, uh, <laughs> um, I I, I don't want to continue to harp on bad stuff because Louisville actually does play a game today, right? And they could shift some minds, right? They play Wake Forest today. They're on the road. The problem is they're another 15-point dog. And there was an interesting tweet that Mark Blankenbaker put out earlier this week. Shout out to the UofL Sheriff. He says, since 1992, so this was before the North Carolina game, so since 1992... This is essentially since the stat has been kept. Louisville basketball has been a 15-point underdog 18 times. 19 if you count today's game. Tonight will be uh, the 19th. Well, it was that night it was the North Carolina game, it was the 19th time. Sixteen of those games, today will mark 17 and 20th time of those games have come under Kenny Payne. 17 under Kenny Payne, zero under Chris Mack. Zero under Rick Pitino and three under Denny Crum. We know Denny Crum's heydays was in the 80s. So if you're just starting at 92, it makes sense. So you add that to the fact that we're confused about whether this is year one or year two. And and then earlier this week, before the year one, year two debacle, Jeff Goodman had put out an article. He had put out an article that talked about the worst college basketball hires since the year 2000 so in the last 24 years he had, he put out an article about the worst basketball hires and who was number one <laughs> our good old bas- current basketball coach Kenny Payne and Goodman's article now f- for to, to be fair Jeff Goodman is a hater <laughs> like Jeff Goodman is a hater of all things Louisville why I don't know I've yet to figure that out. Maybe like Ennis or somebody, a veteran, Diener, blank. Somebody can tell me why Goodman has this bone to pick with Louisville because he does seem to like... Bash on Louisville every chance he gets. Louisville basketball. So I don't know if Rick Bettino might have said something crazy to Jeff Goodman in the past, or you know, what I'm saying somebody from Louisville took Jeff Goodman's chick or something. Like I don't know. Like it's a lot of players in Louisville. I think I've said this before. It's a lot of players in Louisville. So it maybe Jeff Goodman could have ran across the real player from Louisville. And somebody might have you, know, you know gamed up his shorty. He didn't like that. But but he's got a bone to pick with Louisville. But nonetheless, Jeff Goodman is is. He is a respected, you know, journalist or whatever. And this, albeit even though he has a bone to pick with U of L, this made a lot of sense why he had campaign number one. It says hired in 2022. At the time, he was 10 and 38. Now he's 10 and 39. Three and 23 in conference. His win percentage is 21%. It says, Payne seemed like the perfect choice. This is from the article. And he had complete support to take over the program as a former Louisville star who played in the NBA and worked as a longtime assistant at Oregon and later Kentucky with John Calipari. Prior to taking over the Cardinals, Payne had been working as an assistant coach with the New York Knicks. In March of 22, he replaced Chris Mack in Louisville. He's been beyond miserable. The Cardinals won only four games in his first season. No, the real first season, not the fake first season the real first season and he's been beyond miserable uh the Cardinals only won for in four games and they are six and eleven this season with back-to-back losses at home uh, to DePaul and at home against Arkansas State it's almost unfathomable a fathomable ugh, word fart right there how low Payne has taken his once storied program that has won three national championships so you know, this broken program that was supposed to be fixed and this broken program that was taken over in this broken program. Yeah, this is the worst it's ever been. I don't care what Rick Bosich tells you. I don't care what Kenny Payne tells you. This is undeniably the worst era of Louisville basketball Ever. Not just in my lifetime, not in James's lifetime, not in your lifetime if you're listening through these airwaves. This is the worst era of Louisville basketball. We just got to look it dead in the face. Just got to say it out loud. This is not hating. This is not sugarcoating. This is not beating around the bush. Because the whole, he didn't have his players the first year. Well, why not? Why not? We're in the era of NIL and transfer portal. He didn't immediately embrace NIL. And I won't even say he didn't immediately embrace transfer portal because Brandon Huntley Hatfield was on the team last year and he came via the transfer portal. So he he knew it exists. No matter what he tells you. You know what I'm saying? He knew it was there, knew it worked. He got a player from the portal. But within the era of NIL and transfer portal, you can run guys off. You didn't have to wait to run guys off, as Rick Bozic said, if that is what took place. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not hearing some of that. Got they Got a text in the text line. It says texter Goodman is friends with Chris Mack. He is. This is true. He is. I forgot. Chris Mack does appear on Goodman's Field of 68 podcast quite regularly. So, yeah, they are friends. And that, that is something to think about. So it makes sense why he takes a lot of shots at Louisville recently. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we're done talking about basketball until we got to talk about the game later today. Uh, Wake Forest on the road noon tip off i uh, will we'll get into that a little bit with our guests, dominic yates and alexis cubit later but let's talk about some good stuff guys because we do got some good stuff that's taking place and it's happening over there on the gridiron you know you know football is my favorite sport anyway so i like talking about football a lot and it, and it makes it that much easier when your football team is doing what they're supposed to do it makes it that much easier when all The resources and all the great minds over there at all of those facilities, whether it's the football facility, whether it's the the athletic facility, whether it's the NIL collective facility, all of them working together, it makes it that much more beautiful. And that is what's taking place on the football side of things. So this week, Louisville added Tyler Barron and Taz Nicholson, two former Ole Miss transfer commits. Taz Nicholson a DB he came from Illinois he was going to go to Ole Miss he decided to come to Louisville but before him Tyler Barron defensive end six foot five 260 had six sacks this past season for Tennessee was going to go to Ole Miss he's decided to join his two other former Tennessee teammates Wes Walker and the other one is slipping my brain for a second uh Wes Walker and the other guy, I can't even think of his name right now. They're two DBs. They came from Tennessee. They also were former Ole Miss commits. They're now coming to Louisville. And this is all beautiful. Louisville now has 26, 26 transfer commits. 24 of them have signed. We'll talk to Alexis about that. But this is beautiful, guys. This is, this is a hand in glove fit with Louisville and the 502 Circle Collective. Because every time one of these guys are about to commit, Obviously, we get the Brady Brom bomb, right? He he gets to tweet out his thing, and I know he's enjoying every bit of that. But then you also get our guys, Dan Furman, and the actual 502 circle itself putting out gifts and tweets and letting us know big news is coming. And this is how modern-day college football works, guys. This is how it works. If you didn't notice, Caleb Downs, who was the number one transfer portal in the entire country player, the transfer out of Alabama, the true freshman who just had 100 tackles and everybody in the country wanted him. He announced he's going to Ohio State. The very next tweet that is put out is from the foundation, which is the Ohio State NIL collective. So if you think, oh, Lou's only getting these players because they're bad. Everybody's doing it. It's, it's how you stay in the game. And to know that we have a collective and to know we have a coach, a program, a football team and a collective working hand in hand and hand together to get us a best product on the field is beautiful to watch. This continues to let me know that our coach, our program, our guys were not satisfied with the way this past season ended. They started off 10 and one, They didn't win another game. They had three more games, and they didn't win another one. That stung, including a loss to Kentucky. Can't leave that out. That stung a lot, including a loss to Florida State without their two top quarterbacks, without them essentially being able to complete a pass, with them running three plays the entire time. That didn't work, including a loss to USC, who was without everybody on their first team. I mean, they had one first-team player, and they were running laps around us. Miller-Moss dropped six touchdowns on our head. Yeah, that didn't sit right with Braum. That didn't sit right with that staff. That didn't sit right with that program. That was a problem. It's a major, major problem. And they're like, not again. This will not happen again. I love everything about it. Now, I want to talk about defensive line a little bit. Cause I, I've been hearing, I just wanna first. I wanna put this, cause I've been hearing it on these airways. Been hearing people on these vir- airways. I'm one of us. them out, blank, <laughs> uh, uh, Steve Rummich. I get it. We're excited about our defense line. We're excited about Ashton Jelati, Tyler Barron, Low Lay. Announced he's coming back. Dez Tell. All these. Stop it. We're not the best defensive line in the country. Uh, let's let's pump the brakes. See, we, I know we get excited. We get to our voices get a little high pitched. dude. we get a little excited? We get get uh, well, uh, Let's stop it. Let's let's crack the top 1st first. Let's you know what I'm saying. Let's let's let let, let, let let's stop it for a second. And saying we got the best defensive line in the country. I don't know. I don't know who the guys on Georgia's defensive line is, but I'm pretty sure they they're pretty damn good. <laughs> and whether you believe it or not, stars still matter in this thing we call football. Because if stars didn't matter, then all these guys that get drafted in the first round—look at the grades. A lot of them were five-star kids. A lot of them played at the SEC schools. So let's—I'm not saying we're not gonna have a damn good defensive line. I'm not not saying that. Say we got the best defensive line in the country? I don't know. It's yet to be seen. It's yet to be determined. We've got some really good players on the defensive line, though. We've got really good size on the defensive line. We've got some really good players on that offensive line. We've got really good size on that offensive line. These are things to get excited about. These are things to talk about. These are things to really watch shape forward because there's still movement that's going to take place on this roster. Now we'll talk to Alexis about this later, but there's still a lot of movement that is going to occur. There's still a lot of movement that is going to take place when it comes to uh what we do for this team because they're bringing in 26 players just from the transfer portal they're bringing in another 14 players from high school it's 40 new players guys my math right carry one, one two it's 40 new players it's a lot of new players to be adding to the roster it's a whole lot of players and so, there's some guys that's going to get the boot. <laughs> like, like let's just be honest. There's some guys that are going to go through spring ball because all these guys are going to be in for spring ball. And there's going to be some guys that look to their right and look to their left and be like, hmm, I can't cut it here. This ain't going to work. And you know what? That's okay. And the thing is, some of them maybe some of the names you're actually looking forward to seeing play on the field this fall you may never see them play a game it may be some of the guys that are transferring in right now that's just how that's how that's the nature of the beast that's how this thing works nowadays because of the transfer portal and now essentially the court saying two-time transfers can transfer and play immediately That gives coaches even more incentive to overload the roster, see the guys who are the guys, and then tell the rest of the guys, hey, thanks for your services. Your services are no longer needed. That's just how this thing works. It's a brutal game out here, but this is how it works. But what it does, it gives you the best possible product, period. The best possible product, period. And you can tell. Braum is pushing all of his chips to the middle of the court table. Saying, I'm going all in, man. I'm going all in. I'm not messing around this year. The way the year started was awesome. We were 10 and one. And really, you could have said, oh, but you could have lost two or three of those games. Yeah, you're right. We could have. We also could have beat, should have beat Pittsburgh. Had no reason to losing to a Pittsburgh team. Nothing, zero, zero reason to lose to that Pittsburgh team. And at the same time, you could have been like, you could have, should have, would have beat those last three teams that you lost to. Should have beat Kentucky. Should have, could have beat Florida State. Now, USC was the only team that kind of like, you know, took you to the barnyard, you know, to to the back shed and and just mm, spanked up on you real good. Ain't the only team that really did you like that. They really took it to the woodshed and said, hey, sir, we we are not the same. And Coach Brown said, okay, took his lumps, spit that blood out, and said, all right, bet. I'm going to go get stronger. I'm going to go get faster. I'm going to go get tougher. I'm going to bring back guys that are NFL guys, Ashton Gelotti. I'm going to bring back guys that are NFL guys, Quincy Riley. I'm going to bring back guys, bring in guys who are NFL guys, Thor Griffith. I'm going to bring in guys who could play at the next level, Tyler Barron. I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to bring in guys who may have got cast astray by their old school, Ja'Cory Brooks. I'm going to bring in guys who are dominating at a lower level that can make plays at this level, Colin Lacey. So those are the things that he did. Those are the things that he made happen. And now you're going to see your best product, period. Think we got to take a break. Then after the break, We'll call into our friends and see who we can get on the line. We got Dominique Gates and Alexis Cubitt of the Courier Journal coming in after the break. You're listening to the Victor Formation Sports Show with Jeff Lighty Jr. right here on 93 Down the Ville.
0: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?
1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
0: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers.
1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
3: This is Jeff Lightsey Jr. and you're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The V. One,
4: two...
2: You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show Right here on 93.9 The Ville Give the show a call at 502-8150-939 Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr.
3: And it's only right that we'd have some West Coast music on As we introduce a young lady from the West Coast We got Miss Alexis Cubit. From the Courier Journal. Alexis, how's it going, ma'am?
5: It's going good. Just uh, trying to stay out of single digit cold weather because, as <laughs> you said, being from the West Coast, this is. This is not my speed, so uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to stay inside and figure out how I can potty train my dogs where we don't have to go outside. Oh,
3: man, I bet that is a task. I do not envy you for that task at all. Now, Alexis, before we talk some football, because that's not technically in-season. A lot of stuff going on. It's not technically in-season. What is in-season is a very fun basketball team that you're covering. You know, the number 13 mm-hmm. team in the country, Jeff Walls, and the women's team. What is it like actually covering some fun basketball? Basketball
0: around this place as of right now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Whatever do you mean, Jeff? No. Um, no, it, it, this team is really special. I think this team, uh, you know, aside from the two losses that they've had, they've shown great potential. Um, what's really nice about this year's team, so last year obviously was doing my first year covering, um, but they're so balanced. Like you don't focus on one specific person for scoring because you'll have a night where you know, Kiki their lead. Well, Kiki's the leading score right now, obviously. But you have nights where you know Olivia might go off, or you know Sydney might you know get hot. Jada has come on the last few games, so I think the thing that's fun about this team is just how balanced they are, and how it's not just one person. Um, you know, you had Jada who uh, had like three buzzer beaters in the last three games in different quarters, yeah. and then Nyla had one. A couple nights ago and so um, yeah it's just been fun to see you know how balanced this team is I think it's full of talent um, coming into the season you kind of wonder like okay you know Jeff didn't bring in any freshmen mm-hmm. Well, he had the two um, international freshmen but nobody from domestically and so you kind of think okay how's that gonna work and then you know he racks up all this talent in the portal and you're like okay again how is that gonna work mm-hmm. because you know, just getting acclimated to the system. Of course, they know basketball, but what's that going to look like? And now you're looking at a team who, you know, and I agree, Jeff says has not played their best basketball, which is true, but they're sitting here at, what, 16-2? and two? Um, Yeah, I
3: think 17.
5: 17-2, yeah, yeah. yeah, with the, a really tough uh, upcoming schedule with North Carolina tomorrow. You know, they still have the home-and-home home against uh, Notre Dame. They've got NC State on the road, which is never going to be easy. And then you just look at the craziness that happened in the conference on Thursday. Virginia Tech lost. NC State lost. Like It's just really, really insane right now. Um, So if they can put it together, which I think they have more than enough to do that, I mean, obviously they're at the top of the conference right now, but they have definitely the potential to stay there
3: absolutely uh, Alexis when it comes to do you you talked about all the transfers that were brought in it's kind of unconventional for coach walls and he, he's he's going back to the high school ranks he, he kind of used the transfer portal heavily this year but do you think they're finally finding their groove I remember hearing him speak earlier this year talking about how all of these ladies were the number one option at their previous spot mm-hmm. do you think they're finally finding their groove and it's like okay this is the team that we knew that we were going to become or do you think there's still another step that they could take to become an even better team
5: I definitely think there's a step I won't mm. necessarily say better in terms of the way they're playing I just think better in terms of being more consistent um, because you know you watch Thursday's game they go down there and completely dominate I think it's 21 to 9 was their scoring advantage in the second quarter but then they just let Clemson blow by them in the fourth quarter and have they not built up that uh, or excuse me 21-9 in the third quarter mm-hmm. had they not built up that lead you know, we could be talking about a very, very close game, which Clemson has played quite a few of this season. So I just think it's that consistency factor um, and them just uh, really kind of still believing in themselves and not, you know, getting caught up in, oh, I'm at Louisville. Because a lot of them uh, have not played at this kind of a level. I mean, I don't think when Jada was at Cal, I don't know if they won 10 games maybe while mm. she was there. I don't, And maybe if it was. Um, it wasn't too far off. But Mm -hmm. then you talk about, like, Sydney. I think um, Matt Perez, the SID for women's basketball, pulled the stats, and Sydney played, I think, three ranked opponents her whole time at UMass. He played three in, you know, the first part of the season, so Mm -hmm. there's still, I believe, an acclimation period that um, is taking place for them in terms of just kind of learning how to play at that level, but I mean, it's January, and it's January in basketball, which is you know, only a month calendar-wise, but so, so many games with a lot of talented uh, teams coming up. But North Carolina will definitely be the biggest test um, conference-wise. I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously Miami is a really good team, Mm -hmm. but I think when it comes to just, uh, again, that high caliber at this time of year, because Miami always seems to peak at the end of the year. So when you look at right now, um, I think – UNC will be a good a good time for them to rise to the occasion and kind of play more consistent ball.
3: Absolutely. Well, along with Alexis's duties over at the courier covering Louisville women's basketball, she also also covers Louisville football. Now, Alexis, you covered this team all throughout the 2023 season. You watched its, you know, its peaks and its valleys. You saw everything, the good, the bad, and in between. 14 high school signees, 26 transfer commits, and 24 mid-year signees. What are your thoughts on Coach Jeff Brom's offseason after what you saw during the 2023 season?
5: I think Jeff knows what's coming in the 2024 season. I I think he, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do, right? When you come in in December, uh, you try to salvage a recruiting class. You try to get, you know, what's left in the portal. He's had a full cycle. Um, they have Clemson, they have Notre Dame. Um, They, for the first time ever, will go to the West Coast as a conference opponent, Mm. you know? So I think um, he definitely knew what was coming. I definitely think he was able to assess, not even the off season, but I mean, you got to know coaches look at stuff during the year and like, okay, this person might leave or this person. you know what I mean? So there's always a constant scouting, I feel like, um, Obviously, you can't contact kids, and you don't know who's going to go in the in the portal officially. But I do believe there's always that kind of looking and seeing what's around, you know, the country, what's around, uh, you know, each school, and kind of game planning and say, okay, if this person comes available, let's go after him. And I feel like he's done an amazing job at, you know, getting the people that he needs to come fill spots. I mean, I was talking to uh, one of my buddies who covers Clemson because we're just kind of, you know, going back and forth about the teams that we cover, and, Mm -hmm. like, who would have thought, you know, something would be struggling right now and and Louisville's off getting, you know, Tennessee starters as transfers. (laughs) Um, You know, just kind of an an interesting time right now, but uh, I'm I'm excited about spring ball. Uh, You know, even, you know, talk about transfers, but getting Quincy Riley back, getting Ashton Gelati back, like, that's huge.
3: Absolutely. And
5: then now Jermaine Lole is going to be back, and I don't know if people knew or paid attention before he got here, but Jermaine was like one of the top interior linemen in the country when he was at Arizona State. He's mm-hmm. just struggled with injury. So, you know, he came on toward the end of the season. You get him back healthy. You've got, you know, the Thor, who's supposed to be one of the top <laughs> top defensive linemen in the twenty twenty five draft. You know, it's just it's crazy to think about what this team is going to look like um it's it almost kind of reminds you of women's basketball because Ooh. even though obviously football has more starters coming back or more experience coming back to women's basketball you've got a ton of experience that he just brought in jeff waltz not or jeff
3: it's too many Jeffs. yeah it is there's a lot of us around
5: here <laughs> right from from. You know, just all that experience that he brings in um, and just the talent level. Like, these are not just experienced guys, but guys that are top 25 at their position that were in the portal. So, you know, you have to commend the job that he's doing. Uh, You know, on three has him ranked number one. He's in the top five or six uh, for 24-7 sports. So, no, I'm I'm definitely excited uh, to see what this team can do Um, because, like I said, this schedule is definitely uh, conducive to – Needing that experience, those really talented
3: players. Absolutely. Once again, we're talking to Alexis Cubitt of the Courier Journal. Now, Alexis, you spoke about it a little bit, but what are some of the things, knowing the mid year signees, knowing the high school guys, and knowing the players that are returning? What are some of the things, or any, any is there any particular player or any particular thing that you're looking forward to most uh, when those spring practices get started?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, you got to start with the quarterback. Of course.
3: <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs>
5: Yeah, yep, you got to start the quarterback. Um, I used to work in West Texas, so I was kind of asking my former colleagues about him, and his just thing is not being healthy mm. um, and kind of some, some freak accidents that uh, occurred during his time at Texas Tech, and I think even at Oregon. Um, but man, I mean, he, he's really good. Jawar Jordan, who unfortunately Louisville lost, uh, can attest to just the kind of quarterback that he is, but. Uh, has a pocket present. I mean, he can be mobile. I don't think he's going to be a guy. He's not going to be Lamar because nobody's Lamar, but (laughs) I do think he has the potential to run. Uh, He's got a really good deep ball. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where where I'm starting. But then, you know, I'm a defensive girl at heart, Jeff, so I'm really, really excited to see. Yeah, fun fact. um, I'm really excited to see this defense um, because, you know, for as good as it was, I think the two years that I've been here, there have been a lot of questions about the secondary sometimes. Mm. And just the receivers that that Louisville has faced uh, kind of, you know, I mean, you saw it in the USD game. Um,
3: Oh, we did. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Oh, we did. So
5: I think, you know, bringing in um, some of the guys that they brought in, getting Quincy back, because I think if Quincy gave up a touchdown, it wasn't more than two or three. For PSF, So, you know, starting with him and then just bringing in some of the DBs that they've got. I mean, Blake Ruffin, who's, you know, going to be making a transition, obviously, to this level, but had a lot of success. Um, and, you know, coming back to the area, this is his hometown. So, you know, just players like that. Again, I mentioned Ashton. I'm really curious to see Penny Boone, this new running back, um, just because, you know, Louisville doesn't have Jawar and Isaac coming back. Um, they do have Maurice, but you know, obviously, Penny is crazy good, yeah. and was one of the top running backs in the country last season, statistically. So, um, I'm really curious to see how they use him, because I, last year, they had to depend on the running game, you know? Yes. Um, this year, I don't know if they'll have that same situation, so how do you balance Penny? Obviously, get him involved in the past game, like they did with Jawar and mm-hmm. Isaac, but you know, I think this year you'll have um, more of a balance in, in what you'll be able to do. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun team, a fun group. Um, there are a lot of people that I want to see as far as just taking those next steps. And then T.J. Quinn. I mean, mm. like, who would have thought two years ago that he would be in the position that he's in now, except for maybe him um, and his family. So, you know, we didn't know what the linebackers were going to look like coming into the season, but they ended up being a pretty bright spot for this team. So when you look at just the overall, um, you know, the whole of just this defense, it, it's going to be crazy.
3: Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you, Alexis. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, tuning, for for giving us a good game about both the women's basketball team and the Louisville football team. Alexis Cubit of The Courier-Journal. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, it's no problem. That is Alexis Cubit. She does great work. Be sure to check all of her stuff out over at the Courier Journal. And just moving right along, we've got my good buddy, Muhlenberg County Zone, Mr. Dominique Yates on the line. Dominique, sir, how's it going?
4: Hey, it's going great. Thank you for the love to
3: Muhlenberg. I I got a big smile on my face. Yeah, man. We got to get – Central City. Yeah, Muhlenberg's favorite gunkle, man. We got to get him on here, man. Yes, sir. I love it. Hey, (laughs) hey, Dominique, man, I know you've been busy, buddy. I just want to ask you just quick thoughts because, like, I I talked about how long I've been doing this. I don't want to – because we talked a lot of good stuff with Alexis. Don't want to make this a negative, but I got to get you – when you hear Coach Kenny Payne say year two is actually year one, (laughs) have <laughs> hey, you ever heard that before? And what's kind of going through your mind when you first hear that?
4: Uh, I mean, what? What? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I mean, press conferences are—they've never been this unique and interesting. I'll say that. Um, but, but I guess in all seriousness, I mean, I think everybody had an opinion on it. Um, I guess the only thing that I would say where I I guess it bothered me a little bit was when, you know, you say you didn't cheat those players Mm. from last year, but then it's like you say that didn't count. Like it didn't – that wasn't the case. Mm. I guess that's the only reason why it bothers me because – you know, I covered those games last year. I saw at the end of the game a guy like L. Ellis limping off the court because he had to play a full forty minutes. Mm. I watched several players, you know, get emotional, and I, you know, I can only imagine how difficult it was to go through that last year mentally, physically, just in so many ways. So to hear comments that it almost comes off as if it didn't count, it didn't matter, it's it, it kind of it's kind of tough to hear. I, I will say that.
3: Yeah, man, it it was it was definitely definitely tough to hear both from everybody's perspective. Now, just you know, shifting along a little bit, Dominique, I know you were a big NFL guy. I'm going to talk to you about your Titans and, and their coaching search, but we know Lamar Jackson has a playoff game today, 4-30 yeah. against the Texans. Just what are your expectations to see of Lamar to today against the Texans in Baltimore when everybody is is holding his playoff woes of his past against them? What are your expectations to see from Lamar?
4: I think Lamar is going to do what Lamar has done all year. Come on. <laughs> I, I just think it's kind of it's sad, I will say, that he seems to get so much criticism for no reason or this has to be a must-win game. or Because how many quarterbacks can we talk about that didn't win a Super Bowl? You're Dan Marino's of the world. Come on. And they're still talked about as these great, legendary, Hall of Fame, clutch quarterbacks and all of that, but Lamar isn't. Uh I will say I guess the Mac ain't matching. When I look at Lamar <laughs> <on>. uh, Lamar's <laughs> been one of the best players on the planet for how many years now? What three, four years. Um, and he has rejuvenated the Ravens, that entire organization. Yes. He's probably, you know, he's changed the way Harbaugh has used football, who was a Super Bowl winning coach. And yes. you know, Todd Munkin and all of these just coaches and players. So I just think that he's going to step up to the challenge again. And even if he doesn't win the game, there's no reason to knock or criticize. Because, you know, I, I do, even though I'm a Titan guy, I do like the Texans. Big D'Amico Ryans fan, like CJ Stroud. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're you know, ball. the Ravens had, de- I mean, they delivered all year, so. I mean, who knows? We'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, But I I look forward to watching Lamar.
3: Same. I'm looking forward to that game because, like you said, it's two very unique dynamics on both ends, right? Like, everybody wants to put all this pressure on Lamar because he is about to, you know, presumably win his second league MVP, and he's only, what, 26, 27 years old. He is, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's absurd, right? Like, only him and, like, Patrick Mahomes are the only two people that can say that, right? Like, as of right now. So, like, he is, has all these accolades, and everybody Just wants to continue, and he continues to do it in what they consider an unorthodox way. But he's paving the way for a guy like CJ Stroud, right? Who is now the new guy, and this guy is amazing. What are your thoughts? You you talked about liking D'Amico and what he's doing over in Houston. What what are your thoughts on him, man? I just love that story. Oh,
4: I love it. I think more than anything, it's. You look at uh, D'Amico Ryan and Antonio Pierce. Sometimes you just having that. Yeah, sport. AP, I love it. Yes, you know, sir. <laughs> being a player's coach. Yeah, I think that's just what it boils down to. And you, you know, you get to see some clips after games where the coaches mic'd up or sideline cans and just having him tell those players, "Just trust me, believe in me. Good things will happen." And I think that is why they're having success. So I love watching him. I thought, you know, he was great with the Forty ers Um, And, yeah, it'll be fun to see just how his career just pans out. Absolutely.
3: Now, Dominique, you talked about you're a Residence Titans fan. Uh, You guys, uh, before we get into the actual search, were you surprised that the Titans decided to go ahead and part ways with Mike Vrabore? Did you kind of see that writing on the wall?
4: I mean, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I guess nothing surprises me anymore. In, In today's world of sports, you know what I mean, Jeff? You just can't be surprised anymore. But I guess in terms of the, just, it was kind of random. Oh, yeah. I mean, because Rabel made it clear, like, yeah, he wanted to stay. Um, and, you know, there were the reports that the owners and GM all of them said, like, we're building our future still with Rabel, and he's the head coach going forward. So in that regard, yes, I was surprised, but you never know what happens behind closed doors. Um, and for me, you know, I'm a, as a Titans guy, I'm, you know, I'm a little more – I can be a little pessimistic sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, I look at the lack of good coordinator hires. I look mm. at not never really making a good splash in the draft. Mm. I just thought that there was a lot of poor roster management done. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, X's and O's are great, but you also have to make sure you got the right jimmies and jokes. Yeah. And you have to make sure that your staff is in place. You just have to have so much more levels to this, and I guess, you know, here in Louisville, you can attach to maybe another program, that that's also Ooh. what they need to get down. Come on. <laughs> so I think that's what I saw in Nashville, and that's why in that regard it doesn't surprise me because even me as a Titans fan, I still didn't even know what direction the organization was moving into. So I don't think it hurts to have a fresh start. Um, I like some of the interviews, like you know, Aaron Glenn, um who they talk to, and like Ben Johnson, like these coordinators from the Eagles and the Lions mm-hmm. and different guys like that. So at least they're moving in the right direction, going for young, energetic, passionate coaches. Uh, so, you know, maybe that'll be the the kickstart that the Titans need because they're still plenty in place.
3: Absolutely. Now, Dominique, when it comes to, just last question on the Titans, when it comes to, is there a particular candidate that you like more about the others? Like, if is there a guy, like if you had the ear of the Titans, like, hey, Hire this guy. Is there anyone like that for you?
4: Uh, I do like – I'm kind of warming up to uh, the fact I like Aaron Glenn. Okay. Who, like I said, was the defensive coordinator for the Lions Mm the past couple of years. He's been at the Browns. He's been at the Saints. Um, You know, do I want – I am curious if he did get the job, what route would he go with the offensive coordinator? Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, Because I think that's the biggest step that the Titans need. The defense has been fine. You know, Jeffrey Simmons and a lot of good young talent there. But it's the offensive line and the offense, and I know you don't like to hear this yet, but Will Levis has—you know—he's made some things happen. You know, yeah. so, I can't knock it. Um, I ain't no
3: play either. I, I
4: see what I see what he's doing. <laughs> and, and so, I'm just curious what staff would be in place um, because you're—I don't care what type of coach you are as a head coach, you are only as good as your coordinators. Yes. Mick Saban's the GOAT. He had all, you know, Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart, yes. Steve Sarkeesian. You know, it's like you're only as good as your coordinators around you because they have to do some coaching as well. Absolutely. So that's what I would like to see if a guy like Aaron Glenn got the job. Who is a defensive-minded guy? How would he want to revitalize and change up the offense?
3: Absolutely. Once again, we're talking to Dominique Gates of WLKY. Now, kind of in you know, a fully circling back, Louisville basketball does have a game today. Uh, they they're on the road. They play today at noon. Uh, we'll lead right into that pregame coverage. Uh, Dominique, just you know, besides the the gaffes at the podium, I feel like this team is playing better. I'm not saying they're yeah. playing good. They're playing better. I Just what are your thoughts on Louisville uh, up until this point, the recent moves uh, here on the season?
4: I mean, yeah. There, there's no denying that they are playing better. They're playing harder. Yes. Um, and even I would even go as far to say I think they have more of an identity on offense. Yes. For the longest, I never knew what they were wanting to establish. Was it inside out? Was it? You know, like, what would you try to do offensively And I think you've seen that? But also, the numbers show for it. I mean, they're averaging, what, around 74, 75 points per game. Yes. They've had some games where they're shooting 50% from the field. They shot a good, you know, three-point percentage and all that. But the next step, it's the defense. Mm. If they could find, if they could just – it doesn't even have to be a great elite defensive team like, you know, the Patinos and all that as world. Well. If you can just – I guess going back to the word identity – Having mm. a true identity on defense, being able to just establish that, and just finding a way to find, be really good at something yes. defensively. Yes. You, know, you don't have to be good at three or four things, but just find a way to be good at at least one thing and build off that. And this group just necessarily hasn't done that yet. So the offense is getting better, uh, but the defense is going to be the key. Because, I mean, you saw North Carolina, you know, who had some good offense. And yes. then, but also, they're really good on defense. But you got to wait for his team. And in terms of X's and O's, I put Steve Forbes up with against many coaches mm. in the ACC and in the country. I think he draws up a lot of great actions on offense. Mm-hmm. So, Louisville better be ready defensively because <laughs> I really like a lot of the actions that uh, Steve Forbes uh, likes to set. So,. Uh, again, they're going to be tested not only this game, but you know you're going to get into that stretch. With you, still got Duke, you got to play Virginia again. You got Clemson, Florida State, who's getting better. So you're still going to be tested. So how much improvement will happen it remains to be seen. But at least at this point, you've seen some growth. But. They still got some work to do, no question about
3: that. Absolutely. And, Dominique, I'm not the one to make moral victories. Just because the spread was 23 points and you lost by 16, that's not a victory to me. You
4: know, that loss
3: is still, right. still yeah. a big, yeah. nice, chunky, fat L. In a blowout fashion. A 16-point loss a 16-point loss. No matter what the spread said it was supposed to be. Speaking specifically yeah. of this game today at noon at Wake Forest on the road, you can watch it on ESPN. Dominique, just what are your expectations of the game? You talked about Steve Forbes and his offensive action that he likes to run. Does, does the cards have a chance? What, what, what are you thinking? What's kind of like, are, what do you kind of see for playing, you know, taking place uh, out there on the court today uh, in Wake at Wake Forest?
4: Definitely have a chance. I I think that we can't take away from the win at Miami. It was a quad one win. It was a very good, impressive win. But there just hasn't been that consistency Mm. because you come back against NC State and North Carolina and you just don't perform and you play flat and you have some bad leads. But you do have, again, a white force team that, yeah, they play well. You know, uh, Hunter Sellis and those guys have done some good things. They got some good size, you know, seven footers and things of that nature. Um, But you have a team in Wake Forest that, I mean, yeah, they are beatable. Uh, You know, NC State just beat them. Florida State beat them. LSU with Matt McMahon, you know, the former Murray State coach. You know, LSU beat Wake Forest. So this is a team that, again, they do play hard and they do a lot of good things offensively. But Louisville can win the game if they can slow down that offense. Again, it's all defense for me. It's not the offense, uh, you know, like, a lot of the guys, Brandon huntley hatfield has stepped up offensively. I think that they're getting even a little boost from Hersey Miller coming in and just playing hard. Uh, Sky Clark, you know, has worked on the out, you know, outside shot. So I'm not questioning the offense right now. Yeah. It's just the defense for me. And again, you do have to be greater elite, but just be—I guess at least an average
0: to defense <laughs>
4: defensive team—and you can have some success this year
3: absolutely well dominique man i appreciate it as always for hopping on with us buddy you're you're always welcome anytime buddy appreciate you as always
4: thank you boss man always a
3: pleasure hey it's no problem at all dominique gates of wlky alexis Cubit of the courier journal thank you for them for joining us today like you said after us you got the, the leading up to the network coverage of the louisville at wake forest game down there at wake forest we've got a chance like dominique said Gotta guard somebody. You gotta guard somebody. Dominique pointed out they have some 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 good big men down low uh, that'll be able to make some plays. Whether you stay out of foul trouble, I think, means a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, my name is Jeff Licey Jr. to James Black. And all of you at home, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Peace.